It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Minnesota Vikings have signed Dalton Reisner. Now, we've been talking all season long, all offseason about this offensive line. Well, after the first two games, the Vikings have seen enough. They have signed Dalton Reisner, but what does that mean for this entire offensive line? Because Dalton Reisner, they have to figure out where to put him. We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm your host, Ron Johnson, my producer for the day, Sam Ekstrom, as always. I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com backslash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with any purchase. That's any purchase will get you a free water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise. Trust me. It's worth it. But as we talk about the show in the open, Dalton Reisner is now a Minnesota Viking. The Minnesota Vikings offensive line was the only question mark a lot of people had. Brian Flores' defense, uh, they need to learn how to stop the run. We know that. But we know he knows how to get after the quarterback. We know he knows how to get the ball back. He knows how to create confusion for quarterbacks. When you look at the next couple quarterbacks they're facing, Justin Herbert, uh, Bryce Young, not too sure about that one. Uh, but then you, you have Patrick Mahomes and so when you think about the quarterbacks he's facing one for sure the Carolina Panthers quarterback you got to confuse him Justin Herbert you got to confuse him Patrick Mahomes I don't know if you can confuse him but you slow him down but this is the thing Kirk Cousins has shown he can go toe-to-toe with any quarterback in the league he did it last year Josh Allen so on and so forth Kirk Cousins has made huge comebacks when you look at the Indianapolis Colts Kirk Cousins is not the problem with the Minnesota Vikings the run game maybe maybe you could talk about that but Alexander Madison has nowhere to go. And so Dalton Reisner has been added to the Minnesota Vikings. So as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, and of course, I want everybody to know we got Gabe Henderson joining us today on the show. Excited to get Gabe Henderson in. You know, there's a big signing with Dalton Reisner. So we got to get Gabe Henderson in the show uh, to talk about that. But then we also are going to have, of course, the daily three. We'll see how much time we have. Usually we go three minutes, three questions each. Uh, sorry, three questions, three minutes each. But, eh. I feel like we're going to go long with Gabe today. So today feels like the <laughs> second day. Uh, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Action. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And the Minnesota Vikings, Sam, have signed Dalton Reisner. You pointed out that he played left guard his entire career. What, what else did you learn about Dalton Reisner? Yeah, well, Dalton Reisner is 28 years old, Ron. So I've been asking myself all offseason, why is a 28-year-old who was drafted high, second-round pick by the Broncos, sitting as a free agent all summer mm-hmm. was he asking for too much money did the reports come in from denver that he wasn't a good locker room guy are there injury concerns with that elbow deal that he suffered last year why has this guy been a free agent for so 
long. Uh, remember the Vikings did bring him in, Ron, in mm-hmm. training camp. They met with him, and we all thought that was dead. We thought they were not going to to follow up on that, and here we are in week three. So what changed, Ron? What do you think changed here? Did the Vikings realize their need? Did Reisner lower his price? I, I'm curious why it took so long for him to find a home. I think all of the above. Like He posted that picture of the airport, and then today, or yesterday, I think if you notice, he retweeted that same picture saying one-way trip to Minneapolis. So clearly he was still taking visits. Clearly he was trying to – offensive guard, I mean, honestly, it's not the sexiest position to just offer a lot of money to. We see in a lot of, a lot of teams and a lot of these guards, Zach Martin, uh, a lot of guys saying, they, you know, ah, I need to be paid more. I'm, I'm one of the best out here. Dalton Reisner coming off a, a UCL injury. One, it happened late in the season. So it happened the second to last game. So he didn't play in the season finale. They lost to the Chiefs, and he hurt his elbow in that game, and then he didn't play in the season finale. So the fact that it was that late in the season, when you think about a December, late December, January injury, we got February, March, April, May, June, July. So six months, six months was all that he had before training camp. So if I'm a coach and I'm looking at an offensive guard, um, and and you're trying to figure out what you want to get out of him and how can you use him, and then also what does he want? Because I guarantee if Dalton Reisner was like, look, man, I'll take veteran minimum. Uh, I just want to get to somebody's training camp and earn a starting spot. That's one way to look at it. But, Sam, you also pointed out that he's played in every single game, so he's good. Uh, he's 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 pretty much has been healthy for most of his, his career mm-hmm. uh, yep. up until last year. And so I think I think all of the above, Sam, I think it is money. I think it's figuring out the injury. Um, but at the end of the day, he also plays left guard. And this is more of the Vikings than the other team. He plays left guard. So if you feel like Ezra Cleveland is your left guard, it's like, well, how important is Dalton Reisner? Like, like how, how much do we need him? And, and is it worth getting him to ask him to play right guard? Two things to look at. He's played a ton of football. So right guard for him probably isn't the hardest thing to do. Now, also coming off of a left elbow injury, we know a left guard, That's probably was his overworked arm. He's working the crap out of that left arm. Well, maybe switching to the right. Now, again, it's footwork. It's a lot of stuff. Like People act like it's super easy, right tackle to left tackle. Oh, you're doing the same thing. It's actually not. Your footwork is different. Your mindset is different. But maybe him now using that right arm as the power arm, knowing a lot of the pressure is coming that way, and then as far as helping the center, he doesn't need as much of power. And so maybe that's another part of the reason why, you know, they got him like, hey, look, we know your left arm is not 100% right now, but it's better than what we think we have at right guard. Can you switch to right? Now, also, Ezra Cleveland, we know, was working at both early on when they thought he was a – I think he was a tackle when they drafted him. Mm -hmm. And then they moved him to guard. Uh, And he was a right tackle at that, and then they moved him to left guard because everybody – I assumed he was going to go to right guard because he was a right tackle. I'm like, well, Ezra Cleveland's a right tackle. So he's going to go to right guard, same footwork, where they're like, nope, let's put him on the left side. So maybe Ezra Cleveland is the most versatile of the two, and they're like, look, you've played right tackle. You can go to right guard. Uh, Dalton Reisner, you're going to go to left guard because this is where you like to be. But all of that said, the Minnesota Vikings saw Kirk Cousins under pressure way too much up the middle. Kirk Cousins with a clean pocket, we know he's really good. Even with a, a messy pocket sometimes, he made some great throws in that Philly game, getting absolutely demolished. Like he was getting hit. He was getting pushed. I hope this 10-day break for uh, Christian Derisaw is going to get him back on the field pretty quick um, because we know a left tackle that he is, he, is, he is definitely needed. 
um Oliudo getting hurt. Maybe that was another reason to bring Dalton Reisner in. Like, look, yeah, Oliudo gets hurt. Dalton Reisner, we need you because, and this is the thing that might might happen. If early on something happens, Christian Darisaw's ankle, maybe they go Ezra Cleveland, you've played tackle, go to tackle, Dalton Reisner, you're in now at guard. Now, I don't know you don't want to do a whole bunch of flip-floppy flop, but Brian O'Neill could be your left tackle. Ezra Cleveland can go over to your right tackle. Dalton Reisner can come in at your left or right guard. So I know there's a lot said there, but at the end of the day, I think one, Oliudo's injury probably fast-forwarded this situation to say, look, we, we need to get somebody in here. Um, but also probably looking at the film the last two games, um not to say they've seen enough of ed ingram but maybe they're just like look we know we have this window with Kirk cousins this might be the year this might be it let's see what we have before we just tear this thing down because everybody's like oh trade with the jets let Kirk go to the jets and then let's get some first round picks from the jets because they have a lot they do um but i just don't know if that's the answer i don't know if that's and and now trading with the jets i mean there's a the thing trade with the jets now for the first round pick with zach wilson is probably a good idea because they're not going to be that great but trading with the Jets, giving them Kirk Cousins for that first-round pick. Kirk Cousins might actually help them because that offense already was set for a veteran in Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, again, just getting rid of Kirk Cousins I don't think is the answer. I think it's what they're doing, which is let's maybe solidify the line. Uh, we know this is a tough schedule this year. We know it. You won the NFC North. You, you're going to play a lot of the first-tier you know, first teams. Uh, you get the Chiefs. You get the Chargers. You get a lot of playoff teams. So it, it is what it is, but Dalton Reisner's injury to me – I don't know if it's that big of a deal, but I'm wondering in your mind, Sam, how quick can you, do you think they can get him on the field? Yeah, because you got to get in here. You got to learn the offense. Now, I don't know if in that meeting that they had with him back in August, if they gave him a playbook, they talked schematics at all. Um, I don't know if I, I think he's familiar with the offensive line coach, right? Chris Cooper came from Denver. So those two have a connection. That's one of the, the big connections between Reisner and the Vikings is Cooper. So they probably are going to get up to speed a little faster than he would with a stranger. That's going to help him. That being said, one week to get ready to play in a game, I don't think so, especially at a new position. And by the way, I looked at his college resume, three years at right tackle, one year at center. So he hasn't played right guard in college or the NFL, but he is familiar with the right side, at least. I think that it's a depth mover on. I think that Blake Brandle, who's been working as a guard in camp, but played tackle last year. Now he becomes your backup to Derisaw, mm-hmm. uh, and Reisner becomes your backup on the interior. And then in a couple of weeks, if Ed Ingram is still struggling, then I think you might make the right guard move. I'd be surprised if they made a left guard move, to be honest. I think Cleveland is pretty entrenched there. He's, he hasn't played that badly to start Correct. out the year. I, I think it's a right guard, and that was what they talked about in August. They said, we brought him in to get his familiarity or his comfort level with all these different positions. So I think he assured them, Hey guys, I can play right guard. And that's probably what they see him as a backup for. Yeah. And and the thing about, um, I wasn't saying like, as far as Ezra Cleveland's issues, I don't think he has any, I think it's more so of you're better suited for right guard. We need you to do because it's kind of one of those things. Football is Mm -hmm. one of those do what we need you to do. Not what you want to do. We know it might suck, but please just help us out as a team, be a team player. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys come back and and take um, uh, back seats to guys. When you look at like the Rams offense, all of a sudden brings in Odell Beckham. I'm pretty sure some of those like wide receiver three and four were like, 
What? What? Like he's just coming in and taking, taking. Yep, he is. Like you just gotta just play your role. Play your role. We'll, we'll win a Super Bowl, and they did. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. Uh, not to say that's where the Vikings are headed, but you never know. Dalton Reiser might come in. Um, in twenty twenty one, he only gave up five and a half sacks. In twenty twenty two, he only gave up three sacks. Um, so he, he's he's actually pretty good where he's at. Um, now the goal is to be like single digit sacks. But we know a lot of times in the NFL now with the amount of blitzes, pressures, the way the game play, the number of games, that's that's um, it's impossible. But the fact that your guard, your left guard only gave up three sacks that you can say was his guy. It's actually not bad where if you think about in these first couple of games, I think there's over three to four times where Ed Ingram, um, we feel like it could have been his fault. Like we know Ole Udo, we know, I mean, his probably in that game alone were two. Um, so that just gives you an idea of, of what kind of guy you get in Dalton Reisner. Here's another good thing about Dalton Reisner. The UCL injury, I know Sammy said this too, and I kind of looked it up. Mm-hmm. It's a baseball injury. It's more of a throwing thing. So I don't know what this guy was doing. Uh, I don't know how he got a throwing elbow type of injury. But the good thing was he's not throwing a ball. So it's a partial tear because he doesn't throw a ball 100 miles an hour uh, from a mound. He also didn't require surgery because he doesn't throw a ball. So it wasn't like a full just rip tear with a lot of like scar tissue and stuff. And so when you look at the injury um, with surgery, they say it could be two to four months. Four months is more likely to be ready to throw. That's what they're saying. Four months after surgery for UCL, this baseball, ready to throw. And that means like throwing. Full speed, hard, getting back in, warming up. He's not throwing the ball. So his partial tear that did not require surgery, it's a four-week to eight-week recovery, which he's had fully. So he should be 100% ready to go, um, but I'm pretty sure that was part of it too. Can you pass a physical uh, when they look at it? Because, I mean, we could say he sat there and rested all offseason, but we don't know what the guy did. Uh, we don't know. Everybody heals differently. Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL super quick. Kobe Bryant came back from a – uh, uh, Achilles super quick mm-hmm. and was never like you never noticed it. Some people they never really return, they never really come back from it. Um, and so that's why you look at like certain knee injuries, like Nick Chubb, prayers up from Nick Chubb. That was gruesome. I saw one Oof. picture and I don't want to see it anymore. Um, I don't want to see the video, I don't want to like it, just it made my stomach turn. I couldn't go to sleep last night and it was just so bad. And so when you look at some of those injuries, some guys never come back, like Nick Chubb might be done. Um, but it might, they said it might be in a clean break. So maybe there's no ligaments, there's no other damage, no structural damage. When you think about all these type of injuries with the UCL, with uh, Dalton Reisner, that's a good thing. He didn't require surgery. So that means it wasn't as bad as they thought it was. Uh, that means it just, he had to just rest. He just, I mean, they said if it was in the season, he probably could have rested a month and then come back and played if it had happened earlier. The problem is it happened at the end of the year. And also with the Broncos at that point last year, they were, they had mailed it in. They were they were done by like week 10, I think. Week 12. Man, maybe week 12. Week 12, I'd say they probably were like, okay, this we have nothing going. This is no shot. Uh, we're getting a new coach probably. This is terrible. Russell Wilson, you, you're not as good as we thought. Like, go make some TikToks with Sierra. Uh, but now Don Reiser has moved on to, to Minnesota country. I love it. I, lo- I love the tweets already. He's already tweeting. Skull, skull, skull. He's already, you know, they've already put him in the 66 purple jersey. Uh, he's already taking gear from Unreal. Shout out to the Unreal hoodies. But I saw Unreal reached out to Dalton Riser right away. Like, hey, man, I know you need some gear. And he's like, yeah, I'm a 2XL. Uh, brother, you might be a 3XL because <laughs> this stuff runs uh, European. 
Uh, but he said he's a 2XL. So maybe he's a sexy offensive guard at that because we know Christian Darisaw thinks he's a pretty boy at tackle. So maybe Dalton Reiser is just the next step in. But I, I love his faith in God. I love his his family mentality. I love his workmen come to work and work attitude. Um, the one thing I will say, Sam, for offensive guard, it's not a lot to like figure out the blocking because there's only so many blocks. There's a run block. There's a pass block. There's a left. There's a right. There's a zone. There's a man. That's it. There's passing off blitzes. There's how do we handle the hots? How do we handle the, the, the pressures? Who passes off who? Who's the, how do we set up guys? Once he figures that out, it's just getting the terminology down. Like his terminology in Denver is probably a little bit different than Minnesota. But it's like, hey, this is what I know it as. And again, this is his job. So when I say that, I mean right now, this dude is in a playbook, staring at it, listening to the coaches talk right now in meetings, trying to get, I mean, because it's a Tuesday, so they're off. So he's trying to get everything he can get, though, out of this team. What 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 is this? What does this look like? What is this called? What is that? Kirk Cousins, I'm pretty sure, is trying to get him up to speed. So Dalton Reisner is, I think, will be ready sooner than we think. But I also know the Minnesota Vikings want to be smart, and you don't want to put them in there. And, uh, like, I don't know what team. I'm Honestly, I feel like the Carolina Panthers wouldn't be a bad team to do it. Um, I just personally think you get through this Chargers game with what you have. Mm-hmm. I think they're good enough to beat the Chargers. They were good enough to beat the Eagles without four turnovers with Oliudo. They were good enough to uh, win the first game without turnovers. Um, I think this is the same thing. The question is, can they not turn the ball over against the Chargers? Because the Chargers are already in question about, is this the right guy for the team in Justin Herbert? Is this the right guy? Like they say, he struggles to read off defenses. He struggles to do that. Brian Flores should be licking his chops with all the things the media is saying about and a quote-unquote anonymous person with inside the team is saying this and the anonymous source executive source saying justin herbert's struggling like okay so this would be the week to like just go with what you have and then the next week get ready for the panthers work them in there against the panthers because i feel like not say they're a bad team but i feel like they're a team that can be beat uh bryce young can be yeah. confused adam Thielen looks good though i will give him that adam Thielen looks good out good there. night last night yeah, he looks good out there. He's doing what he does in the red zone. That red zone or that two-point conversion touchdown was a little bit chaotic. It was two guys standing in the same spot. Bryce Young, you know, thread the needle, though. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Dalton Rice would be good. But we have Gabe Henderson joining us shortly. Uh, I'm going to look forward to talking to him a little bit about what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings. The thought about Dalton Reisner and how quick can we get Dalton Reisner on the field and what does that mean for the rest of this offensive line. But we'll do that, but we have a word from our sponsors. Let me ask you all a question. Uh, do you enjoy a round of golf? Do you go on dates? Do you hit the town? Do you lounge by the pool? Do you work out? What if I told you that there is one pair of pants or shorts for all those occasions? It's bird dogs. Bird dogs make you so look so good, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever season it might be. They've got the stretch khaki shorts that fit slim through the thigh, give you the sculpted look. They've got the pants that hug your leg. They've got the liner for a little extra comfort and warmth, and they don't ride up. None of this stiff, restricting cotton. It's cloud-knit fabric that hugs your legs so comfortably, and they are so nice to wear. I'm a convert. I love my bird dogs. I wear them just about every day, and they've got that anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on. Enter promo code locked on at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Right now, I'm drinking from the Tumbler. They gave that away recently. Now, you can get the water bottle. BirdDogs.com slash locked on. Get that free water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, as promised, we got Gabe Henderson joining us. Vikings Entertainment Network content manager doing all things for the Vikings, but also uh, he's a former football player as well. So I love to talk to Gabe. Gabe, let's jump out there, man. As a football player, uh, let's take your uh, corporate hat off, your your do all things across America hat off. Uh, let's let's talk as football players, man. Dalton Reisner walks yeah. into this locker room, and we know there's a business. I've been there. You've been there. You've seen this. Guys transfer in. Guys get cut. Guys get picked up. But Dalton Reisner walks into this locker room. How do you think Ed Ingram is taking that? Do you think this could be a oh, like a kick in the pants and he's going to go out against the Chargers and have the best game of his career? Or do you think this is just going to be one and the same and like the Vikings are looking forward to like maybe in two weeks getting him on the field? Man, I hope so. If you're Ed Ingram, you look at it and say, this this is an opportunity for me to to show the world that, yeah, you can bring somebody in, but I'm still the guy at right guard. So right. Dawson Reisner, just having him here, that veteran leadership, I believe he what, started 62 games uh, in a Denver Broncos uniform, already has the, the energy of, of social media, uh, seems like an outgoing guy. And just having that dynamic, I think it makes our entire offensive line better. You just, you, you always look for competition at that old line spot. You can never have enough guys that, that can play that position. Like what, what's the, 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 the saying, you can never have enough offensive linemen. So the fact that you can sign him a free agency and um, hopefully add some, some swag, but also add some, some competition at that offensive line position. I believe it makes this entire team better. I'm excited to see, see what it does. I don't think I've ever seen um, a sign a guy that social media was already telling us to sign like two or three weeks in advance. So the fact that, <laughs> you know, everyone is on board and so is the, the Vikings front office. I think that makes for a match made in heaven. Yeah, it was one of those things where sometimes you just feel like it's not going to work out, but it does. And, and from a football standpoint, from a football player standpoint, I'll say this. Offensive guard might be, not to say the easiest, but it's one of the easier spots to come in. I mean, other than kicker and punter, it's one of the easier spots to come in and just say, look, or snap long snapper. Um, and say, look, this is what our blocking scheme looks like. Like tackles have a little bit more because they have the outside blitz, most dangerous man. Center has a ton because he has to decide for the team who the mic is. But the guard has the tackle to the right who can help him out. He has the center to the left who can tell him what to do or vice versa. If he's the left guard, he's a center to his right and tackle to his left. But at guard, that's something he can be helped out with because the center and Bradbury, well, now Austin Schlotman, um, can tell him, hey, this is what this protection is, or this is what we're going to do here. This is who we have. Um, I, I think Dalton Reisner, you're, you're right. The veteran presence, the fact that he's only given up eight sacks in two years, eight and a half sacks in two years. Um, the guy is good. He's strong. He does what we want. His UCL injury did not require surgery, so he's back. He would have been back if, the, if they had made the playoffs. He would have been back in like three to four weeks. Uh, but we know Mr. Unlimited didn't get him anywhere close. <laughs> but 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 for Dalton Reisner though, walking away from Mr. Unlimited and now coming to Kirk Cousins, two totally different. I mean, they both are Christians. They both love the Lord. Two totally different people, though. 
Like Russell Wilson used to be like Kirk Cousins, and then he went off into the world <laughs> of Sierra, and he became this other guy. Kirk Cousins was more quiet. Now he's more talkative. Um, but do you think like that dynamic of getting away from Russell Wilson is actually a breath of fresh air as well for Dalton Riser? Because it sounds like a lot of players, even the coach, was getting sick. You know, Peyton said it. Like, dude, stop kissing babies. Was getting sick of what was going on in right. Denver. Do you think that's a breath of fresh air for uh, Dalton Riser walking into this locker room? Yeah, I think it's a breath of fresh air. Um, just just understanding that he doesn't have to go behind or guess block for for Russell Wilson. I, I believe Russell Wilson is the most sacked quarterback since entering the league in 2012. So mm -hmm. to have that pressure off of his shoulders to come to a situation in Minnesota where Kirk, you already know he's going to get the ball to his guys. He's accurate. All you got to do is give him three seconds. What Kirk is doing right now with less than three seconds, if Dalton Reisner can give him that extra half second, that is only – going to make, you know, that offensive line room better. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But I, I do think it's a, a breath of fresh air, a new community, um, just a, a new play scheme. That I remember talking to Kevin O'Connell, I believe it was at the uh, annual league meeting earlier this year. And I was like, it's, it's offensive, like it's the offensive line. Do you make it, do you simplify it for, for all your guys? And he said, literally, the offensive line position is one of the hardest positions on this Minnesota Vikings team mm -hmm. because they have to know what everybody is doing and their blocking schemes change based off of literally one letter or one uh, saying. So uh, it's, it's going to be a, a learning curve to, to get in front of, you know, that playbook, but still block the guy in front of you and the guy behind you, number eight, he can make the plays to, if you do so. Yeah, and the NFC North, real quick, NFC North talk. When you look at the NFC North, everybody, for a minute, it felt like it was going to get out of hand. Vikings 0-2 at the, at the time after the Vikings lost to the Eagles. The Lions and the Packers both had a chance to go 2-0. Uh, the Bears, we knew, we don't know what they are going to be. Uh, but the Lions lose, the Packers yeah. lose. And the Vikings are right back in it. It's like 0-2, 1-1, 1-1. It's not that far. Like, if they right. win this game against the Chargers, if they win the next game against the Panthers, they are now 2-2. Two and two. And if the Lions happen to split, and if the Packers happen to lose, the Vikings are right back on top of the North. Everybody was kind of right. handing it off to the Lions, and then the Seahawks said, hold up, man, let me – get the ski mask i saw the saw the seahawks <laughs> walk to the locker room they went on amazon and purchased that's how petty they are they had already prepared <laughs> like that's that's why i love the nfl because guys people don't realize how petty grown men can be when it comes to sports they mm -hmm. bought ski masks they probably went to like walmart or something but they bought blue ski masks ahead of time because i know they were saying uh what's his name cj gardner johnson C. told gardner everybody johnson. in detroit yeah he told everybody in detroit Go get your ski mask for this game because we we about to commit a, a a robbery against the Seahawks. Now, now, now he's out for the season. He, is he? Yeah, he uh, Taurus Peck. I, I saw oh, it on social. He man. Tours, so I he, did he not. Uh, okay, so that's so again. I mean, I I don't wish injury on anybody, but that's the thing about the Lions. That was a that was a type of guy that was giving them a bravado, giving them a type of like courage, giving them like the because we remember the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl and when they won on their other Super Bowl run. They had that kind of like swagger, like, man, we here, we better than you, whatever you want to do. Meek Mill playing in the background. So he bought that to Detroit. You know, it's a little bit more Eminem yeah. in the background, a little bit more proof D12. Uh, but, you know, Royce 5'9", big, big shine. But he was he was working that with them. He was like, man, look, this is this is what Detroit can be, man, if we really believe in it. And then the Seahawks take their mask and say, look, man, like y'all ain't what y'all thought y'all were. And so now the Vikings are back in. So when you look at the NFC North now, 
is because everybody was kind of even on ESPN. I was watching there. Is it cause for concern? Should Kevin O'Connell trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets? Has that now changed when you look at the fact that you win the next two games and you're right back in first place, possibly? Yeah, I mean, I look at it and you say, I mean, the Lions are pretty much the only team that you have to compete with in the the NFC North when it comes to a team that's kind of developed. The Bears are going to be the Bears. They're still trying to figure out who they are as a team. And then mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers, like Jordan Jordan Love, just he can't do a QB sneak from the one-yard line. So <laughs> there's there's so many miscues happening. And then I know you're from Detroit, and you always said the Lions are going to line. So literally the Vikings just have to take care of business. The Lions got the Falcons this week. And I can't think of who they have afterwards. I think it's like the Packers after it. So if, if they lose to the to the Falcons this week, who the Falcons are, you know, they just beat the Packers this past week. They lose one more game. Then the Lions and Packers play each other. The Vikings keep winning. Now you're atop of your division. So, yeah, th- those two losses were tough uh, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Should have won both games. But still, having all three teams in your division lose this past Sunday – that opens the floodgates for for what you want to do as an organization. And that's first and foremost, win the NFC North. You win the NFC North, you get in the playoffs. And we we know what can happen once you get in. So I, I'm I'm excited. I, I was looking, I don't know about you, but I, I was watching closely to the NFC North games this past this past weekend. I'm like, okay, like all you got to do is take care of the Chargers. I mean, Chargers are a really good team. They're 0-2 also, but still, uh, I believe Kevin O'Connell has the Chargers number, and hopefully that, that shows on Sunday. Yeah, and you're right. The Lions are playing the Falcons, and then they're going to turn around and play the Packers. And I think that's the key is like playing the Packers. And then the Packers, who actually they look good, are playing the Saints. The Saints look good. And so that's another one. Like the the Packers could lose to the Saints. And then I don't think we care about who loses, but I think probably now it used to be like, yeah, man, we want – I think now we want the Packers to actually beat the Lions because we feel like the Lions are the team that needs some losses. Uh, where the Packers, I don't feel like they can get them down the stretch when you look at who else they play, because um, the Packers have a touch stretch. They 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 go to the Raiders, uh, then they have the, the Broncos, which who knows what Mr. Unlimited is going to do, but they do have to travel. <laughs> then they have the Vikings. We know that one on, on a Halloween weekend, I guess, October 29th. Uh, and then they have the Rams, who the Rams look like they have gotten a lot better. Like they look Matthew Stafford and his walker, he's, he's getting his figured out. And then they got the Steelers, who I don't know what the Steelers are, but I do feel like they will hit you. And, and they, yeah. they like to play a tough game. And then they have the Chargers. So, and then they go to the Lions again. So the Packers have a tough stretch. So if the Packers can actually give the Lions a loss, that actually helps the Vikings. So people were, the sky was falling. I remember that was a question. I know we did it on the uh, Vikings Entertainment Network deal. Uh, for, for That was one of our questions. You know, should the, should the fans panic and blah? No. We did it on Vikings pregame show. No. Like, why is there? It's one game. It's two games. Why are we panicking? I remember when Mike Zimmer. Yeah. No, I'm saying people look at that 0-2. I mean, every year the Vikings fans want us to win a Super Bowl. And then you look at the the stat of teams that start 0-2, I believe, have either never won a Super Bowl or percentage is like less than 3%. So the, the odd makers are starting to, to come to mind for Vikings fans. So I, I believe that's why people are panicking. But when you're in the NFC North, man, I, I believe that the division winner won't come down until we, – we won't know until like week 15, week 16. Yeah, because when you look at – like I, I, I can't remember what year – but I know Mike Zimmer started off a year really bad like that where the Vikings had lost a bunch. I think it was – it might have been like 2016 or 18 or something like that. But I know they lost a bunch of games early on, and then he rattled off like 12 straight or something. And and people at the same time, they were all sitting up there talking about, oh, the Vikings are this and Vikings are that, and they're they're not going to be good. They're, they're losing to these teams. And then 
they rattled off a bunch of wins and nobody looks back. Yeah, I think it was uh what is it, 17 he did it, and then mm-hmm. I think it was 18 as well. Um looking at 2018. I remember I remember 16. They won, they started the season off five and zero, and then lost five straight. So but I'm, I'm not could sure. With too. The other, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure with the the other other couple of seasons where I know the the odd years, or was it the even years for Mike Zimmer, where we made the playoffs um, versus the oh, odd, the odd years, years so, they didn't. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So and then Kevin O'Connell made it, and yeah. So it's odd years for Mike Zimmer and Mike Zimmer and then. Even oh no, I remember what it was. Now it was the Daniel Carlson year. It was 18. They they tied the Packers, and people couldn't believe it. And then they got blew out by the Bills, 27 to six. And then they mm-hmm. lost to the Rams, 38 to 31. So same start. People were at mm-hmm. that point saying, "Oh, they they tied the Packers. They can't beat the Bills. They can't beat the Rams. The season is over." And then what they do? They went and beat the Eagles because that was the the mass for uh, Limbaugh Joseph. When he uh, mm-hmm. put the mask on, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Jets, they they lost to the Saints, but then they beat the Lions. So, you know, they beat the Packers, they lost to the Patriots, but people, relax, relax. <laughs> like, it's, it's not over yet. So, but I'm Ron it's Johnson, as Gabe Peters. I like the Aaron Rodgers, like, bum thing now, like, bum. Like, they say a person's name with Pat McAfee, bum. Like, <laughs> He's just sitting back loving life right now. Like, he's a millionaire. He's hurt. Everybody still wants to talk to him. Aaron Rodgers is living his life. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Gabe Henderson. This was the Ron Johnson, Hanging Ron Johnson segment. Uh, Coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll be back after this. I always love catching up with Gabe, but I want everybody to know Sirius XM is a proud partner of Locked On Sports and Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Twins, people, they're playing the Cincinnati Reds tonight at 5.40 p.m. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And please don't wait to the playoffs. Get familiar with the app right now. It's really easy. It's really simple. I was able to do it when I was out of my daughter's baseball, sorry, softball game. Um, so it's kind of cool to have the app. It has other sports. It's not just for the twins. You can get Vikings content. You can get pregame. I hate to say it, people. Fantasy football tips on the XXM app because the SXM, they have fantasy football shows. They have shows that just want to tell you about your favorite team. Could be the Vikings, could be the twins. Um, I love it because I love to listen on my way to the game to get a little bit more tips on my pregame show. So make sure you guys check it out. But just download the SXM app on whatever app market you use and search Twins to catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Well, on Saturday afternoon on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, we had a great postcast. You, Adam Weber, talking about Gophers UNC. The game, however, was not great, Ron. 31-13, a loss. Ethan Kaliagmanis in the game struggled. 11 of 29, mm-hmm. 133 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, maybe you can can kind of recite some stuff Adam Weber talked about too, but how concerned were you about Ethan's performance in that game? I was a little bit of concern, but I'm less concerned about him and more concerned about Harbaugh and his play calling. Every year I've made comments about the play calling, uh, it's come back to bite the Gophers in the butt in the long run, and then they end up getting a new office coordinator. When you look at uh, Sanford, Mike Sanford Jr., we talked about his play calling and how it was very predictable, how it was very unimaginative. Um, we bring in Kirk Sharaka, really good when you have horses. When you have Rashad Bateman and, and Tyler, I could be the offensive coordinator with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson and Chris Altman Bell at receiver with Mo Ibram at running back. I mean, come on now. Like Tanner Morgan at QB, you just need somebody smart. And then that offensive line with Daniel Falele, like, that's one of those things. And, and, and uh, what's his name? John Michael Schmidt. Like, 
that's a team you had Antoine Winfield was playing safety back then Jordan Howell who's in the NFL Terrell Smith like you had a bunch of guys you had you know you even go back to the Kamal Martin days Ethan Kallick manage right now this is the thing what he needs he needs an offensive coordinator that's going to help him through the moments and when I say that me and Adam Weber this is one thing Adam Weber talked about when they got in the red zone goal line even and he called double fade you got six seven 260 pounds to your left and then you got Daniel Jackson to your right I don't care unless Daniel Jackson has the vertical jump of what's his name Odell Beckham I don't care like now if it was I hate to say this if it was me and I'm six three over to the right and you got six seven to the left you're coming to six three because I'm gonna jump and give it to you I'm gonna give you what you need but when you got Daniel Jackson who's probably under six feet it's not the same. And the throw was not that as which he can attack it at the high point. So that concerns me. Some of his decision-making, the interception, like that type of stuff. Um, the the decision-making for me is just questionable. And so I don't know if that's him or if that's because the play maybe is like, it's not like the right call. But when I'm, if I'm the coach and I know we're calling fade, I'm, I'm like waving them over to me and I'm saying, Hey, you got six, seven. If you if he's manned up, throw the fade high point ball and just let him run into the end zone, stay in there, throw it up, let him out jump this guy. That's going to be a touchdown. That's my concern for Ethan Kalik Manis. So on a scale of one to 10, I got to give his performance like a four. Like I, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm convinced mm-hmm. like, because the competition got better. So when the competition gets better, I expect you to get better. But again, it's also the play calling. And then what are they, like, what are the progressions he's being taught? And so some of that stuff, like I thought they started off pretty decent with some of the quick throws. Um, and then from there, I, I don't know what what was called, how it was happening, but it just seemed maybe the offensive line, like there's a lot into it. I know we're going to talk to P.J. Fleck today, so I'll get a little bit more intel. But, yeah, I, I wasn't super impressed with it and I'm a little bit concerned. I am, but I, I think I'm more like Harbaugh's play calling. Like I'm wondering what he's telling him. Uh, that's why I still understand why Matt Simon didn't get the opportunity, but we'll see. I don't know. What, do you, what did you think about Ethan? Yeah, I I was concerned as well. PJ went to bat for him and said he's just a foot off on some of these ball placements. He's just got to be a little more accurate. And maybe that's true. He's got the raw tools. He's got the arm strength. But accuracy is so vital. Um, But I'm with you. I'm concerned about some of the play calling, too. So I think there's a it's a it's a combination of issues right now. with The Gophers, they play Saturday at Northwestern with the postcast here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota to follow. Uh, something caught my eye in a box score over the weekend, Ron. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook for the Jets only got four carries for seven yards mm-hmm. in their big loss uh, at Dallas. Are you surprised at his lack of touches so far in New York? Uh, I'm not. Um, I, I think what happens is, and Brees Hall wasn't happy either, though. So that's the thing, too. It wasn't just Dalvin Cook. Like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> They didn't run the ball well at all. Their leading rusher, Sam, and I know you probably saw that, was Zach Wilson. 36 yards on five carries. Like, your quarterback, who's not a running quarterback, cannot be your leading rusher. Brees Hall, four carries. Dalvin Cook, four carries. I know Brees Hall, he tweeted out uh, an emoji. I don't know if you saw that. He tweeted out four football emojis, which basically was his four carries. Uh, And that's all he tweeted. And, of course, you know, Twitter runs wild after, after teams play, and people tweet stuff out like that. So he tweeted four footballs. So he clearly wasn't happy as well. Dalvin Cook, four carries. Him, four carries. Uh, the problem is they put they put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands, but he only threw the ball 27 times. Like he can say whatever he wants about that team. They only had 12 first downs uh, compared to the 26 of Dallas. They only ran Sam 
<laughs> Do you know how many plays they ran, Sam? The Jets? Yeah. I'm going to guess about 50. So I'll give you this. The Dallas Cowboys ran 83 plays. What do you think the Jets ran? I'm going to guess they ran. I, I saw the rushing box score. They, they didn't run it much. They probably ran it about 20, probably passed it, probably a little more than th- – I'm going to say 55 plays. 46. So that's part of the problem, too. The what? Cowboys doubled the amount of rushes or amount of plays. The time of possession, oh, my goodness. The time of possession, Sam. This is not the Jets show today, but the time of possession, the Vikings fans will lose their mind. 17 minutes. That's all the Jets had the ball. 17 minutes. Not true. 17 minutes. On third down, Sam, do you know how many third downs they converted? I'm going to guess about one. One for 10. 10%. Dallas was 40 or 50%. So that's part of the problem, too. Like, we can say – Whatever we want. They punted five times. They had five penalties. They lost one fumble. They had three interceptions thrown. So part of the problem, you know, Brees Hall can get mad. Dalvin Cook can get mad. Uh, we can question all that. But at the end of the day, Zach Wilson just, I mean, I don't know if it's him or if it's the team. I mean, three interceptions is definitely partly him. Um, but, yeah, like I'm, I'm not surprised when you look at the box score. Like if it was like 75 plays and Dalvin Cook got four carries, then I'd be like, oh, okay. But 46, it kind of fits the narrative. They only ran the ball 10 times, and they threw it 27. That's usually about the usage. You would hope they throw 40 and run it 30. You know, that's usually the goal, and you get 70 plays. They weren't even close, whereas Dallas Cowboys, they were. Dallas Cowboys did that. So, yeah, we got to move on. But, yeah, no, I, I, I am very surprised. But also, when I look at the boss score, I'm not. Like, they're not good. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers thinks he's going to rehab for the playoffs, but I don't know if there's going to be a playoffs that yeah. team mm-hmm. yeah um last one this is interesting so right now the offensive pace of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson is ridiculous Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins is on pace for 6,018 yards and Justin Jefferson is on pace for 2,626 yards now let's let's temper that a little bit yeah. but still let's be ambitious Ron could Kirk Cousins be a 5,000 yard passer or could Justin Jefferson be a 2,000 yard receiver, which is more likely? Um, More likely. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. I just feel like Kirk cousins without Adam Thielen, he's really, really, really relying on, on, on him right now. Like, I feel like he's going to him a lot more. I feel like he's trusting in him. I mean, I think he always did, but I think now it's kind of like you really see his amount of targets um, and what, and what he's doing. So I, I do believe that, Justin Jefferson can do it. I'm not 100% sure that um, Kirk Cousins can hit 5,000. The only reason I say that is because eventually they're going to have to get to it. But when you look at right now, two is at 715. He's at 708. When you look at receiving-wise, uh, same thing. You got Justin Jefferson at 309. You got Tyreek Hill at 255. So I, I think eventually there's going to be games that they come back to the to the, to the the group because Tyreek Hill, remember when he started, this, started his first game off, everybody's like, oh, he's on pace for 3,000 yards. And, you know, like it, it's, it's going to be that type of season where teams are not going to give you what you want every single game. But I think Justin Jefferson can get 2,000. I think he's a man on a mission. He's a guy that wants to, to, to basically have the biggest contract ever, regardless of position. Um, what better way to do it than to go, go out and break a record uh, that, or sorry, set a record that's never been done, which is 2,000 yards. So I think Justin Jefferson can do it. I don't – 5,000 for Kirk. I feel like at some point this running game has to get going, 
And so there's going to be some games uh, where Alexander Madison finally gets his groove back. His offensive line finally gets moving. Maybe it's when Dalton Reisner shows up and, and gets to play guard um, and those lanes open up. So, but I'm Ron Johnson. I don't know. Sorry. Before we, what do you think? Like, do you think, which one are you on? Yeah. Um, well, Kirk has been very close in his career to 5,000. He did it Correct. 2016. He had 49, 17. So he's, mm. and he's got an extra game now. He's got 17 games. If the Vikings are going to do this every week, if they're going to have to play from behind and not run the ball, I mean, it's it's compelling. It's a compelling case. But also, Justin Jefferson is really, really good, and I might yeah. trust him over 17 games more than I trust Kirk. So I guess we'll go. They're kind of tied into each other, it right? Could be, like, yeah, but I say it could be both. It yeah. could be both because at, at the clip they're going, like, again, if they don't have a run game, it could be both because the mm-hmm. run game right now is non-existent. Um, and I know Alexander Madison and people are threatening him and whatever, which is completely dumb, but I know he understands it's not just him. The offensive line knows it's a group thing. Um, maybe hitting holes a little faster, maybe running at the right time. Maybe Kirk checking to a run when he needs to versus just always thinking I could check to a pass. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and not having Darisaw in there, not having Bradbury in there. That's a big part of it as well. Like we have to forget two offensive linemen starters. We're not playing then you have Ed Ingram. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not, wasn't a great feeling the last two games running the ball wise when you lose one offensive lineman in the first game and then your second offensive lineman doesn't go in the second game. So yeah. hopefully they'll get Darisaw back. Austin Slotman now has his third game coming up. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. That was Gabe Henderson joining us on the Ron Johnson segment. Hang on, Ron Johnson segment. Uh, I want to thank you guys. Also, remember the Minnesota football party four days a week, Friday, the round table. Make sure you guys check it out. We are definitely going to talk about. The Vikings, is the season over? Or do we feel like they can win these games? That's going to be one of our topics Friday. Make sure you guys tune in for that. And remember, subscribe. Just go to YouTube, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota because you can get all of our content, all of our pressers, and for sure, all of our postcasts after every game. I'm Ron Johnson. I want you guys to have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.